Welcome to the Toronto Untilt Blue Jays podcast. Uh, I guess this is episode three now. Uh, Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano actually did a small reaction video last night to the Marcus Semien signing. You can check that out. I'm Steve Artabello. Uh, yeah, you can check us out at our website, torontountilt.com. You can check us out on Twitter at Toronto Untilt. On YouTube, where the reaction video to the Semien signing is, Toronto Untilt. Check that out. And then, of course, streaming on all audio platforms we are on spotify we are on google podcasts we are on apple podcasts anchor bleaker breaker uh all of the podcast things like comment subscribe share tell your friends it's getting exciting in blue jays land so you definitely want to like comment subscribe and tell your friends while this is beginning as we start as we all go on this ride together uh we talked about george springer the boys talked about the Semyon signing. I guess I'll jump in and just talk about Marcus Semyon really quickly. Uh, when I was looking at it, especially if they're going to play second base, I was kind of being like, okay, maybe sign Colton Wong. If it's going to be third base, hey, Didi Gregorius, sign him. He can play third base. He played shortstop at a high level. Both of them are left-handed bats. With Marcus Semyon, though, they're taking the biggest swing. He's got the biggest upside. Now, he also has the run prevention upside of Aditi Gregorius and a Colton Wong. Um, he's moving to second base. Now, he played behind, beside Matt Chapman, who's one of the best third baseman defensively we've ever seen. So he doesn't have that, but he's moving to an easier position. So that should definitely help him moving over to second base, uh, like taking away the fact that he's going to have not have Matt Chapman beside him. Making easier throws at second base is definitely going to help. Uh, so, boom, run prevention. That's great. In 2019, Marcus Semien was one of the best hitters in baseball. Marcus Semien is also super durable. Like, there was one season he played half a season. But other than that, we're talking about 155 games, 159 games, 159 games, 162 games. You know what I mean? And 53 last year. Like, this is a dude who plays a lot of baseball. He plays every day. He doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a good amount. And he has that offensive upside of a guy who hit 33 home runs in a terrible ballpark like Oakland. And we were talking about this beforehand. Theo, you might want to bring it up a little bit more. He's getting out of Oakland's ballpark. Yeah, when, when Donaldson came here, the most famous thing I remember before he played, he pretty much called a shot on what he was going to do. Oh, yeah. Toronto. How many more home runs he was going to hit. How many home runs Oakland took away from him. So you're getting a guy who has just that alone is going to be upside no matter where we play. I guess I'm assuming we're going to play at hitter-friendly park if it's going to be in Florida, if it's going to be in Buffalo, if it'll be in Toronto, hopefully. So he will get better opportunities for more home runs just based on that alone. And, yeah, the defensive versatility, defensive upside is a big thing we brought up yesterday because it was a big thing we were focused on this offseason and we actually were able to do something about it. Yeah, that's something what Didi and Wong can't, like, well, I guess Didi somewhat, but Wong only plays second base. That, and if he was yeah. going to be here for uh, just one year, like, I guess it would be okay. But with Semien, he plays, we know he's a, deep, a good shortstop. Second base, we expect better because it's an easier position. And also, you know, what if something happens to Bo? You know, you can slide him over to short. What if BGO doesn't really pan out at third base? You can slide him over to third base. That's why Wong, like, on paper doesn't make as much sense. But Semyon, yeah, like, that versatility and literally third in MVP in 2019. Like, 
it's it's I like it. Yeah, he was a monster in that season. And again, you're taking him out of a ballpark. So he's a fly ball hitter. And you're taking him out of a place where fly balls go to die and putting him in a place where fly balls end up out of the ballpark. Like, honestly, it's not just Roger Center if they play there or Buffalo if they play there or probably Dunedin because it's going to be a single-A ballpark. Like, they're going to be able to hit diggers like crazy, I would assume. Yeah. But you're talking about Yankee Stadium. You're talking about Fenway. You're talking about Camden Yards. You're talking about the Trop. These are all hitter-friendly ballparks. You know what I mean? They're all aspects of these ballparks that people can take advantage of, and people do very often for inflated offense. That's why the AL East is the beast that it is, because all of these parks are basically band boxes. So you add someone like Marcus Samian who should get that boost anyways. That's why that you could have, like, Colton Wong's probably the safest option. You put him at second base, you know what I mean? He's a gold glover. He's going to hit for a good average. He's going to walk, you know what I mean? He's going to steal a couple back. He's just, he's very safe, right? Didi Gregorius, yeah, he's got some pop. He's a left-handed bat. Maybe he doesn't want to play any position other than shortstop. So maybe you can't get him, right? You get Marcus Semien, he is willing to play second base, and he has the potential to be a dude who could be one of your best offensive players. Like, he's not a guy, I heard you guys talking last night about a guy who's hitting sixth or seventh. And then the Roto graph that had him second. I don't think he's hitting second, but I also think he's probably hitting a little higher than seventh. I think he's probably like hitting fifth. ahead of a Grichik. Like, yeah, he could be hitting fourth, fifth. He, he could might be hitting right ahead, in the middle. Hit ahead of Vlad, too, because you were yeah, talking before about how Vlad's, they're making him earn everything, defensively especially. So if they really want him, motivate him, they might hit him below, below a guy like Simeon and, and really make him earn that lineup spot. Well, that's the thing. Like, you... This is a big thing to me that they've said that Biggio is going to play sec, uh, third base. You know what I mean? And they're going to give Vlad the chance, but they said that Biggio is going to be the one that's going to move to third. They didn't say Vlad was going to be the one that was going to move there. You know what I mean? And I was talking to you guys before this. It seems like they're challenging Vladdy to win a position on this team. You know what I mean? He he's not given third base. He's not given first base because they haven't gotten rid of Rowdy, and they they seem to like to keep him around. You know what I mean? It, it's guaranteed that they're going to need a DH, but at the same time, if they don't trade an outfielder, which I think they will, and we'll get to that later, but if they don't trade an outfielder, they could they could DH Tay Oscar, they could DH Grichik, they could move the DH around, and maybe Vladdy doesn't play every day. You know what I mean? Now maybe this franchise wants. Kevin Biggio is a super utility guy, so maybe the idea is to kind of give him third base, but basically just move him around to give a whole bunch of guys days off. You know what I mean? Like, he basically plays everywhere but shortstop and, and well, catcher. It, it, depending but, on what you do with this, because we're going to have to trade outfielder, because the idea was that Biggio would come for some outfield relief if we ended up trading these guys. If they're still in the roster, maybe, you know, he becomes more yeah. of a full-time third baseman, but... That is the idea with him, though, is that he can play everywhere. And, and a guy like Vlad like, is going to have to prove that at least one position you need to be better than Bichio at. You need to be better than replacement level, hopefully. Exactly. And I like the fact that they're challenging him because they've babied him this whole way and it hasn't worked. So now, like, now instead of giving him the carrot, they're giving him the stick. You know they didn't what I even mean? make him like, work out for his whole first time. Well, that's the thing. They just went, hey, man, you've always done well, so just keep doing your thing. And now they're being like, nah, you were not in shape. Get in shape. He's been getting in shape. Oh, we guaranteed you third base. You don't you don't have a position right now. Figure it out. Like if you want to be good at like if you want to play third base, like show up at camp and be good at third base. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. You also have to hit. 
We've talked about this before. Like, Vladdy has to be Vladdy, and it's not fair, the expectations we have for him, but he has to start hitting like that. Yeah, because if he doesn't hit like that, defense. We, that's you know, the thing. We don't, like, expect him to be defense. He's supposed to be the best hitter in the league. That's what he's it, supposed to be. And he's exactly. Right Fernando now. Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., these guys all came right out of the bat and were stars, super stars. Vladdy doesn't have an excuse anymore. If he's that type of player, doing that, a guy like Bo came up and did that. That we were just talking about with those other guys. Even BGO is better. It hasn't been consistent. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I like the fact that they're lighting a fire under him. I mean, we've seen him hit the ball more in the air in Dominican League, and that's all I really want to see. Because even when he was mashing in the minors, he was hitting the ball on the ground a lot. Yeah. The fact that he's getting it in the air, even though it's the Dominican League and the pitching is not anywhere near what it should be, the fact that he's getting it in the air consistently and these highlights that we keep seeing from him, that's what's encouraging to me. And maybe that's because he's in better shape. Maybe he's made some kind of change to his swing. But that's the key. Vladdy hits the ball very hard. And if he does hit it into the air, I think we see the prospect we all expect because just the raw power that's there, he could hit for a high average because a lot of these balls could go out of the ballpark or they could just find their way into the gaps because they're missiles. Exactly. So I, I, I like this. You know what I mean? Like they're not playing safe. They're also, I mean, it's a, it's one year deal, but it's a one year, $18 million deal. They're not fucking around. You know what I mean? This is a yeah. win now move. And this is a win now roster. When you look at it, this is a good offense. Now you talked about Theo brought up trading an outfielder. I mean, ideally, if all goes well, you somehow trade Randall Gritchick and prospects, right? But I don't know what you're getting back at that point. You know what I mean? In terms yeah. of, let's be honest here, what quality are you really getting back? If that's the trade considering the money that Grichik has left on his deal. Like, everyone brings up Guriel. We talked about that because he's valuable. You know what I mean? You bring up Teoscar because he had a good season, so he could be valuable, and he's only making 4.3. It was an RB year for him, right? Like, there's a lot of things like that that make other players more valuable than Grichik. And the next thing I want to see is, yeah, then package one of those guys and go out and get. Ideally, I want to see them go out and get a starting pitcher and I want to see them go get another bat. I don't know what position that, that bat's going to play. Really? And I don't know what package that's going to take. But I want to see them get like a lefty bat, a switch hitter, someone like just someone else in there with a, with a high end starter. Like the talk, remember the, the Chris Bryant, Kyle Hendricks thing? You guys talked about it in the reaction. Well, yeah, you're not going for that. I'm talking about someone literally a, a left handed power bat and a starter. If you could do something like that, like, a, Again, Michael Brantley was perfect if you could have done it. His profile, that type of hitter, high average, doesn't strike out, left-handed bat, a veteran who can kind of, you know, be with that young core. Mike Moustakis. I'd love that. Uh, he's not actually the best hitter, though. That's well, the that's problem, the right? That's the guy that you could maybe get on That's the, the guy you could get, but I don't actually want that. And, At and that point, I'd way... rather give Rowdy a shot at first base, right? Yeah. Honestly. At and the way point. we talk about trades, we're going to get to this later when we talk about the presser from today with Springer. But the way well, we that, can get to that right now, if you want. Yeah, because <laughs> we were talking about the trades and you want to see them be more active in trades. I thought initially going to this offseason, we might have more success in the trade market because of the stigma we have in free agency. But with the way this like regime talks about getting rid of you know, the guys they like, 
they're very hard to do that. They value them way higher. Every team yeah. kind of does, but if we're going to make a trade, like you said, we're going to have to part with one of those guys. That's why we yeah. were mad at them before because they were like that about their prospects, but they were like not spending. But then they spent to justify not trading a prospect. And Alex, yeah. was complete, Alex Anthopoulos was a complete opposite. He wanted to just you know use these guys to get win now. When we were in a different situation, but it was more like he was actively you know finding the prospects he doesn't like like as much and getting great value. So well, that's what this regime's going to have to do that too. Well. He's, the thing that gives me some hope for the big trade is we talked about this before. When they struck out on Lindor, it sounded like they were trying to trade a lot of prospects, like high end, but guys that were far away, guys that weren't super close to the big leagues and they didn't want to give up anything off their roster. So it sounds like they are trying to move guys and not anyone. You know what I mean? Like guys that people value, but not guys that are, they didn't really want to move the Gurriels, like the roster pieces, right? In that trade. Now, again, if you're getting a bat back and you're getting a pitcher, maybe like that's why now you have too many pieces. So now you can move that roster piece along with those guys. So that's why I'm I'm hopeful that they could do something like that. But the thing is, they also could realistically just kind of go with what they have augment with a couple of just lower end guys because they did talk about that. Like Ross Atkins, Tony brought this up, but he did the typical like. Well, God, what are you looking to do? Well, we are looking to do the most likely thing, the medium most likely thing, and the least likely thing. We're open to everything and looking at all of them. And it's what just like, yes, obviously. That's well, it. Well, they kind of mentioned that they wouldn't be spending big money. Or to no Bauer. Bulk, so Bauer. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the, uh, after that $18 million this year to Semyon, yeah, exactly. I, that's why I don't see them signing a big name free agent that's why i'm talking about the trade and it, it just the way teams are trying to get rid of money too it just makes me think that maybe they could do something like maybe they could find a team needs to get rid of money allied darvish and the cubs right like that was also why i think a lot of people put the bryant and hendrix thing together because it made sense because it was a bunch of money the cubs could get rid of yeah so i was trying to think of what those teams would be and the quality of players, because we would think the Reds, and we would think Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, but we heard with what the Yankees were trying to get, or what the Reds were trying to get from the Yankees, they were trying to get Glaber. Yeah, so and that asking price is extremely high. Now, it, how if much you could get in there, how much see, more are they you... gonna? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go for it. How much more? See, how much more are they gonna want to add, like before the season? Like, could they save some for deadline moves and see where That's... they are at that time? Well, that's that's the thing. They could they could just add around the edges and wait and see if they can go take advantage of something they didn't even see being available to them in season when teams start to fall out of the race. Right. Like, that's another thing that you can't. Here's the thing, like they've, they're doing the things we wanted them to do. You know what I mean? It might be, not be all the names I dreamed of, but here's the thing. They're spending the money. They're adding guys. It's, it's all making sense. So that could also be like, that's also a reasonable theory. You know what I mean? That they just go, okay, yeah, we do like this. And maybe we do add a James, pa like we start adding like the bottom end guys on, a, on another one year deal and a couple of minor league deals. And you just throw it all and see what happens. And you let Thomas Hatch and Anthony Kay and all of those guys kind of fight for a rotation spot. Right. And you, and you take the best out of that. You can do that. And if this team performs the way we are kind of thinking it should, you might then be able to add something else down the line. That could also be part of the part of the plan. And like we were saying, you kind of want to see where Vlad kind of settles in. If that. T. Oscar has that year again, like there's things you want to make sure. 
And is Rowdy good? That, that was such a yeah. small sample size where he was good. It was basically he got hot for what seven games and got hurt. Because think about it, like that sample size, like it's it's really tricky to see. Like, was he good or was he just hot for a couple of games? And was there lo- like what are all of these pieces, right? Yeah, and I think like a lot of us, even me, we're just like assuming a lot of things with a lot of young guys who could, you know, end up having tough years and. And you want to see in like you'll know a lot more in July where it's like, okay, this is where yeah. we need to focus on exactly. We're this close to a playoff spot. I don't envision a scenario where we're go tits up and we're just completely shit the bed. But there might be a position or two where we are, you know, a little underachieving. So I'm okay with them saving a little bit for, for the season and maybe signing a couple mid-tier starters and and leaving the bats as is for now and not being as aggressive now. But Again, I'd be okay with either or at this point, too. You're also spending, like, top value in a trade right now, whereas in the middle that, of the year, the price exactly. will drop just a bit. And on top of that, if Nate Pearson is what we've talked about, what he could be, you know what I mean? If he is that, maybe that's another reason they're like, well, maybe we don't have to give up all of the things to go get a guy right now, to go get Luis Castillo, right? Well, maybe we just wait because if Nate Pearson is who Nate Pearson is, maybe we just need to go get a number three, right? Well, maybe Ryu and Pearson are rocking. Like, why isn't Tywan Walker signed? Like, we discussed this, I think, last time too, but it's like, what are we waiting for there? And it, is there question marks that we have on certain guys that just aren't being answered or I that we are like sold on? waiting for Bauer. Like, wait, that, but the they're not in on Bauer. No, I just mean the other oh, the market in general, yeah. 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 And, and who knows, maybe Taiwan Walker wants multiple years and the Jays aren't comfortable with that because, again, his injury history is atrocious. It is terrifying. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. he's had a ton of major injuries, so maybe he wants multiple years, right? Maybe, hey, for all we know, they went to him and Robbie Ray and were like, one year, $8 million, and Robbie Ray went, fuck yeah, and Taiwan Walker went, I think I can get more than that. Yeah, it could be. Right? Like, that that's that could be why Taiwan Walker is not signed, right? You know what I mean? Like James Paxton, he's the standard guy who seems like he'd be wanting a long term deal, but because of his injury history, everyone would be like, uh, not be like, we'll give you a bunch of money on one year deal, but please be healthy for a year and maybe we could talk about it. And he's literally <laughs> never healthy. So and even the, the peak of him isn't even necessarily that great. Like compared to, it's, he's not like a stud who's injured. You're pretty low on Paxton though, compared to most people here. Well, I just see the results. Yeah. You know, you see the strikeout to walk, which looks great and all that, but we know he misses a ton of starts every year. So, are you really paying top dollar for a guy who might be like a pretty good pitcher? I was actually about to pull his stats up. Yeah, his best year is 160 innings, and it was. I mean, the 136 innings he threw in 2017 were phenomenal because he was a 4.4 war, 2.9. Like, he was ridiculous that year. But, yeah, he like he's a guy that's got some home run issues that walks some guys. Uh, he has a ton of strikeouts and a ton of velocity. But, yeah, he misses starts. It's like, I, I get it. And he's I like, can see why. Like, over 30? 30. We kind of have a guy like yeah. that with Ryu, too, who – had his injury issues before he came here. And you know if you have two guys like that and they both go down, you're really fucked. And yeah. Especially if they're one and three. Well, well, that's the and you also have Pearson who has been hurt and has never pitched a ton of innings, right? Like that's that's another thing that as much as I, I talk about what he could be, well, how many innings is he even gonna be allowed to pitch? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's a real is he question. Get the, the Aaron Sanchez treatment. Exactly. 
You know what I mean? Like, who really knows what happens? That question. Well, exactly. Exactly. We're just getting no one's so got much more yet. negative than I thought we'd get right now. But it's starting to like you know. Well, the no, no, not come with this rotation. Well, all pitchers available are going to have big. Exactly. That's where we are now. That's why I'm talking about making a trade. Like that's why I'm still, I'm still, I'm still open and looking forward to the fact. Cautiously optimistic, I think would be the best way to put it. That they could make a nice move and it's not just for a pitcher that, that it's one of those package deals. And it, and like, if they did that, it would be a big move. You know what I mean? I don't see them making like a package deal for just some guys. I think it would be, it would be something impact. It would be something big. You know what I mean? I think it would be that kind of final, like, this is what we think really pushes the team over the top. That would be cool. And considering the home run moves you've made so far, like you mentioned it, we, we didn't really, uh, touch on that last time, just how big of a home run move Simeon is compared to these other guys because of how much more money they're giving him than what you'd have to get for the other guys. Exactly. Like, you had to give him $18 million guaranteed for one season. Like, you could have signed Colton Wong for two years for that. You could have signed Didi Gregorius for two years. for Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have got them for two years for about that much money, and you gave it all to him for one, which is probably the better idea, but you know what I mean? Like that's that's a big boy move. And again, that's a guy who has been really good in the past, is gonna be really good defensively for you. And once you put him into a more offensively and kind division, like this could be like I, like I said right off the beginning of the podcast, this is the highest ceiling move. This is the high ceiling move. That I would be, be happy big. if every year the Jays focused on that top end guy who has maybe a bad year the before but has the highest ceiling every year and they just give him one year deal. Cause they can just write the yeah. check as much as they want. And well, well, they used to do that, but it was always with guys way worse than Mark. Yeah. Like guys without the ceiling yeah. as high, but like I'm uh, saying with the guys like Simeon, who you, you know, has that potential and you're still young enough. Those would be honestly, ones I love when you deal every year. To me, I hope they go the Astros route. And if Vladdy can play a goddamn position, preferably third base, I hope you're bringing in the veteran DH on one year deals, like the Carlos Beltrans. Right, like you're bringing in a guy like Brantley who can play a little bit outfield, but that's like, the problem be with Rowdy, though. Like, no, no, but that's that's what I'm hoping. Like, if you can do this, if you can open up that DH spot, and you have this young team, you've got all these position players. The guys that are a little bit older are Springer, but that's locked up. He's going to be playing in your outfield. Like, that's a thing. Like, if you can open that up and go that route. I'd prefer I like I'd really like to see the team be able to do stuff like that, like in the long term, like like you're saying, like be able to go get that guy and put them like, hey, you just need to hit and you just need to be the the veteran president around the kids. You know what I mean? Like you got all the kids that are hungry. You got like the veterans that have won a title like George Springer. And then you bring in a veteran who might be hungry, like Carlos Beltran, who well, Carlos Beltran has won multiple titles. But you bring in these guys that that have this experience. Right. And. I don't know. I think those those are kind of like the layers of championship teams where you have different guys that all want to win for different reasons. Guys at the end of the career, guys at the beginning, guys in the middle. Well, I'd like to see Teoscar a little bit, like be more confident in him in right field before we went all in on a DH like that. But I don't know. That is a good, I like that in theory. No, that's that's in theory. If you can make, make a trade and whatever, and you've set everything up, right? And you've yeah. cleared the roster. And that's if Vladdy... Because here's the thing. Vladdy might have to be a DH. We don't know. Right, like, say, hey, yeah. maybe he figures out the bat and he just can't play defense, even though he's kidding. He How long are you giving him this year before you, like, are giving up on him defensively? Because it's getting to that point where it's like, if he sucks through the first couple months and we're losing games because of him, 
Defensively? I want to see how well he can hit. Yeah. I want to see how well he can hit. If he's that game-changing bat, I'll give him a long leash at third base. I swear to God. You know what I mean? If he can be that good, that's, that's, the, that's really the difference for me. If he can start to live up to what he's supposed to be offensively, he gets a much longer leash at third base. Because here's the thing. I don't think Kevin Vigio is going to be spectacular at it either. And Vladdy's yeah. at least got the chance of – he's got that high-end arm. So if he can move a little bit now that he's in decent shape, like he can bail himself out a lot with the the, the, the arm strength. And that's the thing that Kevin Vigio just doesn't have in his tool belt. Yeah, that's true. Right? Just flat out. Um, was there anything specifically you wanted to get to uh, in the presser that we haven't talked about yet, Theo? Well, there's a few things. Um, that Mets reporter getting shut down oh pretty my, quickly. That was hilarious. Very funny. It's yes. very funny what's happening with the Mets today, too. With all that Oh, the GameStop, Stevie Cohen. It's crazy <laughs> how that, down like, by like that could affect a team. Like, that could actually affect team a little bit. I don't think it's going to in the long we run. We're out on Bauer now. <laughs> we, <laughs> Just like, we were joking around because it would be like, how funny would it be if you went from the owners that got taken advantage of by Bernie Madoff to Steve Cohen gets taken advantage of by Reddit? Well, oh, yeah. it just makes so sense for that would be so mess it would just be it would be too galaxy brain perfect because here's the thing steve cohen is still worth a gross amount of money so even though he's taken a bit of a haircut here it's it isn't gonna kill him but it could definitely affect the whole bauer thing like that's very bad. well the whole bauer thing is like up in the air because he wants a ton of money and we've talked about it a little bit how there is he's not a sure thing as far as an ace who you're giving like $35 million a year to. There's like a lot of question marks there. As far as durability and the fact that his competition last year. It was, was atrocious. He faced the worst teams all season. The two worst divisions he got to face consistently because of the way the pandemic season worked out. In like 11 starts. So you're giving him that much money based on 11 really good starts. And the, now and granted, I, he did have that playoff start against the, against Braves, the Braves, who are a really good team, and he was... Where nobody scored in that game. He was lights out in that game. He was. He it was amazing. Like the idea of Trevor Bauer on the mound, a guy who throws gas, throws eight innings a game. That's my favorite pitcher. I want that on my team. Oh yeah. But it's just we haven't seen that consistently. And then there's we've the seen it in two seasons. Stuff people are worried about, especially with the Mets and what just happened with their GM. They're terrified that. Yeah. He's gonna They're terrified that someone's it. exactly that that something's gonna happen where they can't really justify it, and they've paid him all this money, and it's not like the GM where they could just fire him. And now he doesn't have the GAs to leverage with because it seems like during that press conference it sounded like we're out in the big names now. So, you know, his market's starting to get smaller. And he started to lose his leverage. And the thing is, I've said this from day one: the Angels should be trying to give him a blank check. And if you're the Angels right now, you should be doubling down on that. Like you should be calling him multiple yeah. times a day. Calling fucking Rachel Luba all the time. Just basically like literally the offer still stands. Honestly, we've just upped the offer. We don't even care if we're bidding against ourselves. He needs to sign it. There's really like three. It's the Angels, the Dodgers on the outside of it, and the Mets. And the Dodgers are trying to do like a three-year Like The Dodgers are literally trying to do what they did with Bryce Harper where they're like, hey, listen, we know that no one else can do this, but like we'll give you all of the money in three years. All of it. (laughs) We don't want you for any longer than three years, though. Because we'll give you all the money, but only for three years. And we'll see what he really wants. He hasn't really given any updates recently, so we'll see. It'll get interesting. Uh, but yeah, Theo, continue on the uh, presser. 
thread. We kind of touched on most of it because we talked about like how these teams kind of setting up. My big thing was just, you know, before the offseason, I was maybe of the mind that we were going to be more involved in trades. And the fact that it seems like we are we're really valuing these guys on the team right now. Yeah. Like the Gurriels, who we just kind of figure we're getting traded to Oscar, you know, good package throw ins. They're not really open to doing that right now, even though they might have to be. So that was one of the big things. Um, we talked about stupid kind of off camera. I don't know if we want to talk about it on that uh, <laughs> little bait question that uh, Steve you know, Simmons. Like, we don't oh, I'm, not afra- I'm not afraid to call Steve Simmons a fucking idiot. Like, but, is anyone af- like, I don't care. I'll, I'll do it. I, he's the Astros he's questions fucking, are that's what just does. so, that's so old news. And here's the he's thing. Like someone, it, I, I will say it, it actually, I kind of hated the fact that he did ask it in probably the best way you could ask that question. Like he didn't call him a cheater. He just basically said, how would you look back on that? And it pains me to say that. Cause I do hate Steve Simmons. Like, I do genuinely hate him, but he asked that in the gentlest way he could, which actually was kind of surprising because usually Steve Simmons yeah. does just go for the jugular. You're definitely told beforehand, don't fucking talk about it. <laughs> he slipped Oh, in. 100% because he didn't ask another question about the rest of the thing, so I'm pretty sure he got kicked out. I'm... And they definitely prepared George for him to, to ask something stupid. That's uh, why he that, wasn't that like, surprised. That, I'm pretty sure everyone was just like, listen. And every sport when they get here. Try to not... <laughs> Specifically that dude with the glasses and the shit-eating grin, like he's gonna be the worst. <laughs> yeah. He had like a weird angle too. Like he was looking down it's on just, him. It's that's how he looked he looks down on everybody. Gotta insert my dominance through webcam. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking Steve Simmons. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> we move on. I think that's kind of we were we were talking with the division a little bit too, just how we are the fucking hitters. Like we're making the big moves. The Yankees are well, making a lot of moves, but none like the impact we've made. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I said this before we started recording. If you don't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment. Like you, you better be a playoff team this year. Like last year, it was fun, and hey, you can maybe with the expanded play, like maybe with the expanded play, and then they did. Hey, cool, it was awesome. And then this year, you're like okay. It's not expanded playoffs, which that got rejected and the DH because there's going to be a strike. And I hate baseball, but that's another that's a whole other thing. I love baseball, but I hate the PA and the league and Rob Manfred. You just hate everything that's about it except the actual game. Yeah, I love the game. I hate the Players Rob Association Manfred. and Rob Manfred. Like the heads of it, like Tony Clark and Rob Manfred. Like I hate the heads of both things. So. But you're, you're right about the Jays, though. This feels like, remember the first year the Leafs were good? They went that Washington series. Yeah. It was all fun and cute. It stopped getting cute very quickly. That's it That was, was last year. After the first year. Exactly. Last year was the cute, the Washington series, right? Like, hey, we're happy we made it. Yay. Hey, we were close against the Rays with the stupid fucking opener bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, we were close. Oh, except for, you know, Ryu getting hammered. But, right? Like, yeah, you, you had some hope. That. Yeah, I know. You have some hope, right? Like it looked good. Now there are real expectations. And again, they put it on themselves talking the talk, but now they have walked the walk and it would be a big disappointment because this team is better. It's a lot better. And how much, like, I know we're like sample size in the playoffs are too small, but the thing with Springer too, is he's had the playoff success and even fucking Simeon last year. That Simeon, it's a small spam size, but if if you really want to look at it, with Marcus Simeon, let me pull up because I had his uh, I had his fan graphs and I was gonna talk about this. If you look at it, 
Uh, I'm about to go kind of inside baseball stats heavy. So I'll give, uh, if you don't understand, I'm going to give you a little uh, heads up. Put the glossary in the fucking description. (laughs) Uh, batting average on balls in play, BAPIP. Essentially, it's a luck stat. So average is around 300. And then if you're a fast player, your batting average on balls in play is higher than 300. You can be like 330, 340. Like someone like Rajay Davis, if you're an old Jays fan, you remember how super fast he was? He was like a 330, 340 BAPIP kind of guy. Like, And if you're a slow, plodding player, you're not actually that much under 300. You know what I mean? You're like 290, 285, something like that. Marcus Simeon's a good base dealer, but he's not a super fast guy. Uh, he's about a 300 average BAPIP guy. Last year, he was 260, and that's a huge drop, and that's enough to kind of tank a season, and BAPIP is a luck stat. That is literally what it is. It's it's your batting average on balls that fell in the field of play, so it takes out home runs, and it takes out anything that was in the foul territory. You know what I mean? Like, what would your batting average be on everything that you hit that could be a hit? And it's, it's a luck stat. So if you have it well under your speed, and again, the speed rating on fan graphs, he got a 5.2, which is around what his average is, his career high. Like, he wasn't any slower. He just seemed to have an unlucky season, right? His hard hit rate. Like, th- th- there's just a lot of different stats if you really want to go inside baseball, and I won't bore people that don't love stats as much as I do like this. But there's a lot of things to point to the fact that that was unlucky because it's so far even off when you look at his career norms, and you're like, well, he's had seasons where he hasn't had the best slugging percentage. He hasn't had the best on base. He's also had a higher batting average than that. You know what I mean? And since he's, he made what seems to be a real adjustment in the 2019 season, even if he was going to regress to the mean, he shouldn't regress that hard. It's part of the reason I also think he's the highest upside guys. Cause a lot of stats point to the fact that last year was just an unlucky kind of season. I think we talked about it a bit yesterday, how he had like a horrible first couple of weeks. First month. Is like, yeah. Like a five something. And then his... the rest, he was hot. From like July 24th to August 23rd or something, it was like a 590 OPS. Something in that range. Yeah, he was off. But then he was, he was, he was, he wasn't great in the second half by any means. And it's hard to call it a second half because it was, you know, 16 games, but he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but I know he also he also dealt with a, a nagging injury. I want to say something something happened with him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I see the ability to bounce back there. You know what I mean? And again, yeah, he had the one bad month, and you think that again over 162, you could, if he starts to turn back more, everything starts to even out, and it starts to look more like a full season of what this season could be. You know what I mean? Because yeah, again, the defense is still there. So. I've been on a ton of the league, you know what I mean? Positively yeah. and negatively. Like, some guys had ridiculous seasons because they just didn't have time to get cold. Yeah. Kevin so. Pillar. Do you like the Christian Yellow yeah, of the world? Like, exactly. Yellich Do you really think he's that bad? Yeah. Is Christian yeah. Yellow that bad? No. He was an MVP. Like, no. <laughs> it's a small sample size. It just happens, right? Yeah. So, uh, is, now, is Marcus Semyon Christian Yellow? No. But again, there's just He's there's a lot of things to MVP candidate. Steve so, said it first. Clip it. Really good. But he did make the All Star team, which is bogus. He did. Twenty nineteen. That year he didn't make it. Too many shortstops. Yeah. No, literally too many. Like that's what screwed him. <laughs> um, what else did you guys want to get to? I think the only thing we really haven't addressed, like I got to it, I said what I think is next well what i hope is next best case scenario 
what do you guys want to see and what do you think will happen next? I just want to see pitching, obviously. And um, I'm not even expecting an ace or something. Just get a couple of decent guys, whether it's, you know, Taiwan or. Uh, or Should be cool with the James Packin type of thing like that. Types of, even Odorizzi at this point, I'd be OK with. I don't think he's amazing, but, you know, just to be a third guy, maybe second guy. He's OK. He's a good, decent middle rotation guy. Um, cause we aren't going to make any big trades, I think, but we just need to get those arms and there is going to be a lot of competition. So we'll see how that goes. I'd still like two, two starters. The bullpen would be nice, but like we talked about, we, I think it's pretty underrated for the guys we do have. And yeah. we did add to it with Yates. Yeah. So one more relief would be nice, but I think the two starters would be like, would set this team up to be, I'm not going to say ALE's favorites, but being the conversation. Pretty Pretty damn good. Trevor Rosenthal into our rotation. Trevor Rosenthal? Yeah. The closer? Trevor Why Rosenthal? Why, Why would not? you want the closer in the rotation? No, I mean the bullpen. You said rotation <laughs> twice. Yeah, I know. That's you why I tried down. to give you I tried to I tried it was like, is he talking about Trevor Bauer? Is he talking about the bullpen? Like, no, I tried we to give you it out there. there. It didn't work out. I don't know why. I think it didn't work out in the rotation. Trevor Rosenthal starting game before, two next so. year. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to Followed by Robbie that. Ray. But in the bullpen, I think the bullpen's where he belongs. Contrary Trevor Rosenthal? Yeah, Trevor yes. Rosenthal. You yeah. should be in the bullpen. You should not be in a rotation. That's, in that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Anything else you boys want to get to? You took a drink after that. Like, you made some salient point, too. That was funny. <laughs> Why is that? I was pumped. I was so pumped about it. Very excited so about it. <laughs> I think we're... we're um, Just Ricky bobby that shit. Yeah. I don't know when the next one of these will make, because a lot of this, once we're done making moves, is going to be dead time until pitchers and catchers and... When, when and is then that we like? can start talking about pitchers. Oh, it's soon. Is it end of pitchers February? Catchers, it of it's February? actually in like the middle of February. When do we can talk about how they're I actually used Wait. to have that fucking date. Um, Anthony, how did Springer look? February 13th. February 13th, pitchers and catchers report. How did Springer look in the uniform? Because you're a big one of those guys. That's how we judge players. Very good in the uniform. He always well, we didn't see him in the, in the uniform. We only saw him in kind of like did this. That was pretty much the top half. He looked good. He's always been a guy who looked good in the uniform. He fits the 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 boxes that we want that our organization desires. So yeah, let's get more of those guys. Done a good job so far. So for seventeen days, three weeks basically until uh, pitchers and catchers report. Who do you think at the, the moment? Yeah, we 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 can get into a later episode, I guess. But like the guy you think is gonna, you know, come out of nowhere and be the guy everyone talks about in the spring training. Usually, we still gotta know the roster. That's then, yeah, yeah, exactly. We we gotta know who's all gonna be there and then who's gonna get camp invites because y- you never know. Like there's some prospects I like. Like they could have big kind of spring trainings where you really get introduced to them and you start to realize like, hey, this team is pretty deep. Like. This might be the first one where you get to see Groshans. Like, you're probably going to get to see Austin Martin a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get to see some of these guys in a Blue Jays uniform take swings at live pitching. And that's going to be kind of exciting. And I guess we'll probably, we might even do a podcast about it. I don't know. We could be bored. Yeah, the spring's a lot more fun when you have good prospects 
getting up to the main and a good team and a bunch of guys fighting for roster spots you know what i mean like it's like it's a good team expecting to do things it's just a much more exciting time than a bad team and you're just like oh well maybe that guy that whose name i can't pronounce who's 17 maybe he can do a thing in six years hopefully (laughs) stare into the distance uh but yeah, I guess that's been it for uh, the third episode of the Toronto Until Blue Jays podcast. I'm Steve Artibello. I'm here with Anthony Harris and Theo Giordano. Uh, again, you can find us at our website, torontoontilt.com. You can find us on Twitter, at Toronto on Tilt. You can find us on YouTube, Toronto on Tilt. And of course, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Bleaker, Breaker, uh, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, share it. I'm getting excited. 17 days from right now, if I can do math, which I can't, so who knows. But it's three weeks until pitchers and catchers report. And then, I mean, baseball's around the corner. The Blue Jays look really good. We're super excited. Let's fucking go. Until next time, adios.